Nudson. What's up, Tursky? This is Two Guys Talking Golf. That's right, baby. Matching hat day. <laughs> it's matching hat day. I think everyone knows who we work for now. That's true. That's true. This was just the closest just one pride. in reach. It's just company pride. Yeah. And this is the closest one in reach when I came down to record. So <laughs> that's all we get. <laughs> I understand you wanted to say something before we get into today's episode. Listen, uh, yeah. Today's episode, of course, hey, brought to you by Fujikura Golf and the Fujikura Ventus Shafts. So if you don't know, Fujikura Shafts have had a couple of incredible, incredibly successful years on tour, being the number one brand and having the number one model for both drivers and wood shafts. Last year on tour, 48% of the tournaments were won by a player with a Fujikura driver shaft. Absolutely crazy. Uh, and so far in 2022-2023, uh, the season, 37% of all driver shaft used on the PGA Tour have been Ventus. So... Fujikura Ventus, six shafts. There's the Ventus, Ventus TR, full line. Uh, go check out FujikuraGolf.com. Check out your closest dealer, uh, closest place to get fit. Go try them. They were last year, or this year's Golf WRX member's choice. I think they went one, two, three, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, FujikuraGolf.com. Check out uh, the Ventus that fits your game. They went one, two, three in member's choice? I think so. Wow. Yeah. Great read, too. Thank you. Good job out there. Thank you. So. Okay, so I'm not going to lie, Nudson. It was one of those one of those weeks. <laughs> you know, tour life can be can be fun. We go to great places, talk to awesome people, learn about the newest, latest, greatest equipment. It's a great job. That's right. Every now and then you get some weeks where that travel schedule just hurts. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this was one of those weeks. It was like a short trip. You know, I was only going for... Two days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sea Island. Um, obviously, I'm coming from Phoenix, so it's a cross-country affair. And we had about a four-hour mechanical delay on the oh. runway on the way out. Oh! And then on the way back, on the way to the airport, flight canceled. Oh! And on a cross-country trip, you can't just like rebook a flight and get there. Like I had a layover. You know, so didn't leave until early the next morning and just just one of those weeks, you know, (laughs) but we're here. That's right. Back. We're back safe. Um, Definitely a lot going on with the holidays. Like the airports are packed now. Oh, I bet. So if if anyone's doing travel, just kind of work in an extra half hour to an hour. Just waiting in line. Well, you know, I got to have TSA at this point. That's on me. But, <laughs> or, uh, TSA pre-check. But even that sometimes isn't necessarily, I mean, I've, I've gone I through, know. I've gone through Detroit where TSA pre-check is as long as, well, not quite as long, but I mean, pretty darn long anyway. Um, and honestly, if, if you're a listener and you really want to help a guy, a young man like Tursky alleviate <laughs> these problems, I just think he should be out there telling everybody to listen to TG2 we can really grow the fan base, the listens. We can get you know a bunch of sponsorship money, and then maybe we can get Tursky to fly like, maybe not private. We can maybe get him like a, a NetJets card, Marquee Jets, whatever you know. Get him a little card. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be sick. Going to the PJs just to like take what's in the bag photos. Yeah, just roll in. You 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 get off. You, you step off the plane, and the guy next to you, it's just like Tiger getting out of his plane. You're like, oh, what's yeah. up, dude? <laughs> Okay, so enough about my travel. It's not about me. It's about the players and the equipment. That's right. So, 
I just knocked an AirPod out of my ear. That was that was. So I'm about we're, to say, going, we're going with one AirPod. I'm gonna say I wonder yeah. what that sound was. I was like, are you like you know you know using a hammer over there? <laughs> um, it was a little cold and windy in Sea Island. Like definitely a challenge for the players. I mean, they're wearing ski caps and stuff during the practice rounds and obviously preparing for windy conditions coming in, working on the the stingers and the ball control for sure. Um, not like a ton of equipment testing. It's not really, it is kind of that time of year where players are working into some new stuff and preparing to make some equipment, big equipment company changes. (laughs) But, you know, for the most part, this was a bit of a slower week. Um, but we did have some pretty interesting content unexpectedly. So, so I show up obviously a little bit late on Tuesday because of all the travel mishap, but photographer Greg Moore was already boots on the ground, getting (laughs) some info. So as soon as I walk into the media center, I learned that Webb Simpson has joined the custom Titleist Iron team, yep, which previously consisted only of Adam Scott, and who now obviously does not play the Irons, no longer really with Titleist, but he was in that group at one point, and Justin Thomas, yeah, with his there were six twenty one dot JTs. Yeah, I think were they, were they, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're six twenty. Yeah, six twenty or six twenty one. Adam Scott was six eighty one dot AS. JT was 621.JT, two drastically different irons. Like, JT, no offset, uh, more of the modern style blade. And then Adam Scott with huge offset and (laughs) definitely the old school style look. So I was very interested to see what these Webb Simpson irons look like and just get more on that process. Like, why Webb? When did these start? You know, it's a big project. Yeah. They're completely custom irons just for him. So when does that start? How long does it take? What's the deal? So I started with Webb Simpson. I talked to Webb just to get his thoughts. And basically, he had been popping around irons, like, all the time this year. Every tournament, it's different set in. And he's flip-flopping between 620 uh, MBs. T100, the cavity back from Titleist, and then his old 680s. It's like, these are all pretty different, but he seems to be playing decent with all of them, and he's switching every week. Like, what's the deal? (laughs) So these custom irons basically combine the three aspects he likes of each of the three irons. So the 680s, he obviously likes the offset. He likes the look. He likes, you know, the toe section. They have, like, a a really different toe section, those 680s, if you ever look down at them. Then, with the T100s, he likes the rough performance. So he likes the sole and the grooves of the T100s specifically, but he almost doesn't like having forgiveness. Like, he wants (laughs) that ball control. He wants to manipulate spin. He wants the blade feel, the blade look. And then the 620 MBs, he really likes the size of them. They're, like, a little bit smaller. I think they're shorter heel to toe than a, than a 680. So this is, like, a huge Frankenstein project. And I was talking to the Titleist rep, 
JJ Van Wiesenbeck. Yep. Shout out JJ. Super smart when it comes to equipment. And um, he went pretty, pretty in depth. But he started talking with Webb all the way back at the U.S. Open. Oh, wow. So he went to Webb that early being like, hey, do you want to get involved, you know, with this project? I think I know what you like. Obviously, you like certain parts of this and that. Um, they have already they have also stepped up how they make these irons. So before they were kind of just hand grinding and bending by hand. Okay. Now they have like a five access setup, um, five access milling machine, CNC milling. They have like their own custom rig at the Carlsbad um, facility. So at some point I, I'm going to have to go and check that out. <laughs> but yeah, so the project started all the way back. U.S. Open, they go back and forth with, you know, prototypes, 3D prototypes, web, do you like this, do you like that? Um, he makes his adjustments, and then this week, literally, he just got them delivered. Oh. So I don't know if it was Tuesday morning or not, but he was, like, carrying around the clubs. Like, they weren't in the bag because he was like, I just finally did um, the testing and the winds coming in this week. So he's like, I really want to just make sure I'm precise and comfortable. But he's like, by the next tournament that you see me, um, they will be in the bag because they're <laughs> perfect. They're awesome. I love it. And JJ killed it. So that's where we're at with the 682.ws irons. Webb Simpson's officially on team <laughs> custom titleist. Um, now, what this means to me is that they will be going forward with more people oh, in yeah. this custom system. You know, so I don't know how many people it's going to stretch to. I don't know if it's going to stretch all the way to like the retail audience or whether that's eventually going to be some sort of upcharge on the site or, you know, there's so many different ways that Titleist can go about it from here, but it's clear that it's working. The players like it. Um, I'm sure with like the milling machine and the process, they've figured out a way to make it not as expensive because I'm sure as it, as it started, it was super expensive figuring out exactly how to do it. Um, they'll keep refining that system surely because obviously it's not letting up. Yeah. You know, because they would have no real reason to keep doing it if it wasn't working. Like it could have just been a JT Adam Scott thing. They leave it like that. But Webb was kind of a perfect guy because he does, he does have like these different things he likes about the irons. <laughs> It's crazy how specific he gets. It's like, yeah, I want the grooves from that. I want the high toe section here, the sole ground this way. Like, his feels must be absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I got at the Titleist Irons. You know, whatever your thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll give the stage to you now. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, even, like, looking at the pictures, one, I love that the five and a half iron is actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's etched. It made, it's not just, like, hand stamped on the truck. Like, it's really done that way. Um, and even the paint on that five and a half almost looks like they filled it with black paint. They like wiped it, didn't fully clean it, but it were like, we got to get these to web. Like we got to get them going. Cause like <laughs> the paint almost is like slightly smudged in that five iron. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting look, like you said, a lot of, you know, decent amount of offset for a blade. Um, it's got a, a pretty, pretty sharp toe at the top, um, razor thin top line, uh, overall just a, a pretty classic looking blade. Um, as you go down, like the eight iron has like a significant amount of offset. Like it's, it's 
kind of crazy. Like when you think of a way too much for my eye. Yeah. Not to be one of those guys like, oh, there's two players playing too much offset, but it is just a lot to look at. Yeah, I'm probably somewhere in between JT and Webb Simpson when it comes to offset. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. mind a little bit. I don't need zero, but this is a decent amount. But they're good-looking blades. I mean, I think you're right. I think the custom program, when it comes to title of staffers, is just going to expand. But the interesting about the custom program is that it's only right now shown its head in blades. Like, we haven't seen, like, right. a Jordan Spieth get, like, a custom T100 style or, uh, you know, like a cavity back style or anything like that. So I wonder... Like you said, as this expands, do they reach out and they make some different T100s? Do they make just blades? You know, where is it going to kind of go? Where is it going to kind of end? Because um, I think it is. I mean, I think blades are very, in a sense, easy to kind of mill and make something custom. They're, you know, kind of one-piece forged. You know, maybe they drill out a little hole, shove a little tungsten in the toe or something. I mean, that's about the extent of it. When you start to get into the T100s and, and irons like that, uh, or even like the 620CBs, all of a sudden, the milling work goes up a lot because you got to make the cavity. You got to make sure all the CG placements correct throughout the set. I mean, I think there's a lot more that goes on there. Um, but it's it's pretty cool that that Webb was kind of able to take his three different sets that he's loved and kind of Frankenstein them together. Um, and I mean, Webb's been a titleist guy for a long, long time. I mean, I, he's been there forever. So uh, you know, where he may not be the name like JT and Adam Scott was uh, in order to like move product. Webb's been a loyal titleist guy for a long time, so I can see oh, where yeah. they, they open that up to him. And, you know, a, as these guys keep going longer and longer and having needs from titleist, I, I think you'll see uh, a bunch more of these. And, and, and to your point, like with Adam Scott, Justin Rose, now Webb Simpson, all these guys, I think on tour we're just going to see a whole lot of custom stuff because the needs out there are so much different than the needs in the amateur level. And will we get something, you know, hey, maybe there'll be a limited edition JT run. Like if he wins the Masters, maybe there's a thousand sets of, you know, JT irons that go out and you're able to buy They have to do that at some point. Like they're just leaving money on the table, especially if they have it, you know, in the CAD system, they can repeat it with the milling machine. Like the people want that. Oh yeah. I mean, is it, is it going to be the best iron for them? No. Probably not because they're literally made exactly to JT's preference, and unless like you're his height and you swing at his speed at his attack angle, you know what are the chances that they yeah. are? But it's still just something cool to have. Like, oh. I'm sure everyone who's bought a set of the Tiger P7 TWs doesn't actually even play them. Oh yeah, you know, they might just have them up on their wall as like a piece of art because that's almost what it is. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and I mean, JT's irons are the same way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I was to to get my hands on a set of like JT's or whatever, they yeah, they'd probably just go on the wall or something. I mean, I'd go and hit them like once or twice just because. I mean, how do you not? But you know, they're built <laughs> yeah, to his. I mean, spec- you got to try. Them. Yeah, you got to try. Yeah. Them, but they're going on the wall. But um, you know, it, whether it's Titleist, whether it's Miro, whether it's whoever, I think this whole custom i mean it's just a matter of time you got to think i mean taylor made's been doing it with the, the rose pro or the you know the rory protos the dj protos mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time before we're going to probably start seeing callaway start show up with some custom irons for some guys and um yep. custom know, xanders custom Rons, yeah i mean cobra like, kind of did the we're just gonna have to think of their naming system because titleist's naming system is pretty cool like oh. number dot initial like that's pretty cool um callaway obviously can't steal that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can trademark something like that, but they would have to do something a little bit different and possibly equally cool, but I'm sure every company is going to start doing this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, 
it clearly works. It gets us fired up. Um, it gets the players fired up. It literally gives them exactly what they want. Yeah. And obviously sites like us and what we do over on the PGA tour, the equipment report, we're going to cover hundred percent. So it gives, <laughs> you know, the whole system is just, it's working. So, um, I don't see that letting up anytime soon. Plus it's really cool, you know, yeah. for, for me growing up watching tiger, um, and David Duvall and, and all those guys, AK, it's like, they're having custom irons made just for them. And that's kind of why everyone got into gear and, the fact that they're like bringing it back and doing cool stuff. I mean, I just, I love it. Like you said though, with cavity backs, that's what's going to take it to the next level is people doing custom. Like when Jordan Spieth gets, yeah, you know, CB.js yep. or something, that's when the game's really going to take a turn, but it's, it's probably way more difficult and there's way more variables with cavity backs. Like you can do perimeter thicknesses in different spots and all sorts of the tech once you start talking tungsten plugs and undercuts yeah. and different face <laughs> materials, like it's just a lot and it probably can get expensive really quick. So you kind of prove out the system with the blades and then eventually you work in the cavity backs. Yeah. And I'm sure this is the discussions that, you know, all these companies are having. So I'm probably blowing the top off it, but it's unintentional. I promise for anyone listening, I'm just guessing. I'm just looking at the system and seeing what, what happens and what works. And yeah. And I it's mean, cool. you th- and you think about too, like the like the loyalty it kind of builds between you and that player, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, now Adam Scott's kind of a bad example because his contract kind of ended right when his irons came and out, and he left like right after he started playing yeah. his irons. But you got to think. I mean, for for bad the example. most for the most part, you know, when you do a set of irons like these, whatever, it's for a player who's probably going to be around for for a little while, and it's probably mm-hmm. going to build some good you know, or some good faith with the next contract that you're probably going to sign something and you know move on and all that. So. Uh, I think there's there's benefits that will probably offset the still probably very high cost of making these these sets, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, come this time next year, we're going to see a handful more of these sets out there in play for sure. Yeah, every every player on the PGA Tour is just going to have <laughs> their custom. their own customs, <laughs> and you're going to be able to buy them. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen to the retail market though. Like, what about the main lines? Like, those are always going to exist and work, probably. Yeah. But they don't get, you know, that tour exposure that way as much as in the past. But then if you're doing specialized sets, like, you're making up probably the money and appeasing those consumers anyway, I guess. Yeah, I got to think, too, that, like, you know, it, you know, people will want, of course, the, the JT or the Simpson, the, the Web or the, you know, Adam Scott's or whatever. But on the retail side... I. I think they make a you know kind of a standard model, and realistically, I can't believe I would love to know the number of sets of blades sold compared to anything else. It's got to be really really small. So realistically, are you that concerned if somebody is upset that they can't get their hands on exactly what JT's playing? You know, I don't th- I don't I don't think you really I don't think it's going to deter that person from just not buying a set of blades then, like and saying heck with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go buy something else. So on the retail side, I, I think it's still the cost. I think it's still prohibitive to to think that you're going to get anything custom outside of some of the boutique brands. Maybe they start up a little program where you can pay high dollar amount like you would go to, like, a national custom mm-hmm. or an artisan uh, or something like that. They may have a little program that starts up. But even that, I don't think you're going to be able to go as custom as these guys. You'll probably get, like, a, you know, a couple different soul grind options, uh, maybe, you know, offset or not offset, and, you know, 
something like that. Like you'd probably have a handful of options, kind of like the Wedgeworks, and they'd cost you know three or four times more than a standard set. Um, you know, but you get your initials on the hosel or something in a little way. That'd be kind of cool. I just don't see you being able to go through and saying, well, I want, you know, like Webb saying, I want a, a T100 sole to play it out of the rough and I want this offset and I want this blade length. And I just don't think it we're there might yet. Be possible. I think it's coming. It might be possible though. It, it, it might be. For a price. For a price, you know, yeah. Like if you're willing to pay, you know, six G's for a set, like think about what they did with the concept. Yeah. Or CNCPT. Yep, concept. Um, yeah. Yeah, they charge a lot of money for that. Is it packed with tech? Yeah, like if you're willing to pay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what it all comes down to at that at that level of customization. Like, yeah, I'll do different offset for you, and you don't like that toe section, we'll take it down seven thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, really. I and mean, if and if you're in that market and you want what you want, you're gonna pay. That's true. I mean, it's. I mean, there there always is a price. I mean, I remember when you reported who was it who had the the Callaway gap wedge, that was like what was that for Telly? Yeah, for Telly. What was the original cost yeah. on the first one? Like thirty grand or something like some crazy. Yeah, it was like 25, 25 G's. It might have even been more expensive. Maybe it was yeah. like seventy five. But some insane. You know, when it number. comes to tooling and all yeah. the R and D, and then like the materials are obviously you're not going to like cast a completely custom wedge. Yeah. So, and you're going to make it out of higher end materials because oh, I want it soft. Like, oh, you know, you want all this, all this <laughs> stuff. And then it's like, if we're doing it, we might as well do it. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely gets, gets expensive. But, you know, with Titleist now kind of going further and further down this, I think it becomes cheaper and it becomes more scalable, I guess is the word. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised next like year or two if that, uh, maybe that's too soon. But five years from now, I think you're going to be able to go on to any company's website and it's like, okay, I'll start with, you know, the T100 look. Now it's like, well, I don't really like how those grooves look on the toe. Why don't we extend those out a little bit? And then, you know, four degrees of bounce on the seven iron. Why don't we crank that down to three and a half? And, you know, I want red paint fill and then I want dancing initials. Like, I think that's coming for irons. Honestly, uh, yeah, it's here uh, for wedges. It's yeah, hundred percent here for wedges. Yeah, I mean, I, I, with the wedges, it's just yeah, you can't necessarily pick the offsets and the the full shaping yet. You get a little mm. options there, but yeah, and and I think that's where it starts. It starts where you get a couple options, and that's it. And then yes, where does it evolve from there? It all comes down to how many people are, are demanding it, how many people are willing to pay for it, and uh, I can't wait in five years to see the uh, the six whatever whatever dot. ATs that you'll be playing. <laughs> well, that was my next question. I don't want to put you on the spot, but if there was a Frankenstein, if it was like a BK, a something dot BK, like it doesn't have to even be Titleist. If you were to combine, you know, the sole of a Strixon with the face of a Callaway or an offset of whatever, like whatever it is, what would be your Frankenstein club? And I do not have my answer, so I'm going to have to think about this while you're talking. <laughs> it's a tough. It's a tough question, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I think honestly, like, I, I think you're right. I think I take the sole uh, off the the Strixon ZX7, uh, the Tour sole, because that thing is just is, is so good. Um, and then honestly, I think the shape that I would kind of lean towards, which this is a little, I, I think it would. I want, I want T100s tech. I want a little bit of slot. I want a little bit of speed. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't want to go crazy. I want the sole of the Strixon ZX7, and then honestly, the shape and size, uh, I will take the Cobra uh, King Tour MIMs because they were just a little bit bigger. Oh. They had just a little bit more uh, kind of forgiveness to them, but I think you take the T100S, you put it in that size package with the Strixon sole, boom. Killer. Killer. I think, I think what I would do, like, my favorite irons ever were the Callaway X-Forged, I think they were 2013. Oh, yeah, the 20, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yep, yeah, the 2013s. And even going farther back, actually, like, the, the head shape specifically of the 2007 oh, versions. Yeah. The 7 was a little more angled. It was a little sharp. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but yeah. it was, like, the perfect iron um, in terms of the shape. So I definitely do the shape of that. And then I do really like the T100s currently. I would love to answer this question and be like, I would design my own blade, but realistically, <laughs> no matter what you do with the blade, I don't think I'm really at the position in my golf career to be playing with a blade. So I'd have to go <laughs> caddy back. So I'd go T100 tech. Um, those look pretty good too, but I would still say, I guess for the purpose of this question, I would go 07 Callaway X board shaping, like yep. the offset, the toe, the top line, even the grooves, like, I think I remember them having a bunch of grooves. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, no, not the seven, a lot of the, space between them. The sevens didn't, the thirteens did. The thirteens went to that okay, yeah, crazy yeah. conform. The thirteens they had a bunch of them. Yeah. They almost looked like uh Nike esque. But yeah. Um, so that's what I would do. That's that's I, would, I really want to think about it more because there's probably some irons that I'm missing. But <laughs> I know I want to say the K Z the K Z G blades that I kind of grew up oh. playing. I always loved those. I was a sucker for those. Because they were stuff. a little bit bigger. They weren't super small. They yeah. were like intimidating small, but they were blades. Yeah, that's that's like I said, I'd, I'd go to that, that Cobra King I am, am a shape and size because like just a little bit bigger and have a little bit more spot on the toe yeah. to, to snag it off of. And, but yeah, it'd be pretty cool to, to – it'd be pretty cool if we knew somebody who could do like CAD and like put those things and like make like a 3D iron – like 3D print. We know a couple people who know CAD. <laughs> like, we, like we've do like taken a, a couple tours of these facilities. Like do a 3D printing model of the TG2 irons. That'd be pretty sweet. Do you know that I did a 3D printed driver? Like yeah. When Wilson was doing the driver versus driver, I designed my own Golf WRX driver. Yeah. When I thought, when I started, it was sitting there. It was at the <laughs> office, and it had like <laughs> a little gear thing on the bottom of it or something like that that you could rotate. And it actually it was looked pretty advanced. good. Like I was doing uh the adjustable cg like yeah i wanted to have just most of the it was like a circular thing that you could twist in the sole and it looked like a gear and part of it i wanted to be uh like tungsten something really heavy but only in one section so wherever you turned it like you could make it high draw low fade super forgiving or super low spin just by turning the the wheel but I learned during that process that the USGA rules are so hard to deal with. Oh, yeah, I bet. Like, whether something's trademarked or the size of this, the size of that, like, no, you can't do that. Almost every idea that I had was like, nope, can't do that. <laughs> you can't call it that. It can't be that. So, no, like, go oh. back to the drawing board. But eventually <laughs> I got something that was legal and it's 3D printed and I do have it. I'll have to show it on the show at some point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, okay, so that's the Webb Simpson Customs. There was another pretty cool story. Um, 
I guess not as big of a name, like no offense to him. He just hasn't won a lot yet, but I think equipment fans and hardcore PGA tour fans probably know the name Nick Hardy. Yep. And gear fans will probably know that he played a specific Bettinardi prototype, like starting in college and for the last eight years, basically, um, I think he had a brief stint recently where he switched to a Scotty Cameron and he was just like kind of fighting because, so I talked to him. <laughs> so when he first started playing this Bettinardi putter designed for him, like prototype, and it came with a very specific shaft and about six years down the road, as in like two years ago, something happened with the shaft. I don't think he like cracked it over his knee or anything. I think it just either got bent or it got old and he had to replace it. The problem was he couldn't find the exact shaft. Now it's a, it's a steel putter shaft. It doesn't look too much different except that it's stepless. So it doesn't have steps in the steel shaft. So it's like this really specific shaft that came out around 2014 I guess somewhere in like the 2010 to 2015 window, then it stopped production. And he said he fought for like a year and a half, two years, trying to find a shaft to go in his head because the putter wasn't feeling the same. He wasn't putting the same. And he kind of lost that comfort. So eventually he hits up Nate Brown, who used to be, the Bettinardi tour rep that helped him in college and through the pros on his putter needs. He now works for swag golf. Yep. So he switched companies. Um, Nick Hardy was never technically signed with Bettinardi. I don't think, but you know, Nate Brown knows everything about his putter and he kind of tasked him like, yo, I don't know what's going on. I can't find the shaft. Like, you got to help me. So Nate, um, I guess they get along really well too. Like they're, they're friends, I believe. And so he hits up Nate and Nate goes and tracks down the shaft. He has to call like all sorts of old contacts to find it. Uh, <laughs> but eventually he calls someone who has a box of them laying in their garage. And he's like, Hey, are you doing anything with them? I got a player who needs them. And he's like, Nope, you can have them. So he sends them. So it's like, finally, um, Nick, Nick Hardy describes it as like, once I put the new shaft into, they also custom made a putter together, which I'll, I'll get to, but he was like, it was like Cinderella finding the glass slipper. It was just like, I've been working so hard to find the shaft and it was perfect. So what they did was they put it on a frequency machine and to see like, okay, what is so different about the shaft? It freaked out at like. 550 CPM. That's like it was between 500 stiff. and 550, insanely stiff. Yeah. Which, you know, you can probably speak to this better than me, but I think a normal shaft is between 250 and 300. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I putter, sh- putter shafts. Yeah, I mean, a steel one. I mean, a steel driver or a graphite driver shaft that's really stiff, like an X 60 gram. I mean, you're looking at like 260s, 270s. Uh, is is super stiff for those. Um, yeah. So yeah, moving down. I mean, I know some of the. I think it's like 
is it Fuji or LA Golf or one of the two that you know one of those guys that make like the really stiff putter shafts come out and they're in the 500s and one might even be mm-hmm. in the 600s. I think it may be like the uh, uh, the Fuji Pro or Fuji MC like the extra stiff maybe 600. LA Golf's like high fives, but yeah, and those are like pretty new. I mean, those are all but they're and they're stupid stiff. Yeah, so he was like, I know there's people who think putter shafts don't matter and they think it's a crock. Yeah. Um, he didn't say the word crock. I'm just kind of paraphrasing that. But <laughs> um, he did say, you know, I know that people don't think putter shaft matters, but he was like, it changed everything. I mean, it changed the way the head feels, the way the putter swings, the way it feels in my hands. It changed the performance. Like, it just changed everything. And then they also got to work on a custom head because he was playing that old Bettinardi prototype, but they don't make that anymore. Yeah. So he can't just, like, get a backup or replace it. So him and Nate got to work on, you know, kind of similar to the Webb Simpson process, just a bunch of prototyping, um, making 3D printouts to see what he likes. He really likes the squared off Newport. It's the Newport 2 that's more square and the Newport that's round, or do I have that backwards? Yeah, the Newport is more rounded off. The Newport 2 is the squared off version. Yeah. Like, so he, like, he likes the 2, really squared off. And he likes a plumber's neck, but he doesn't like too much toe swing, which obviously presents some issues because he doesn't want to go to a long plumber's neck. And oh, yeah. he doesn't want a lot of toe hang, but a plumber's neck, obviously, you're going to get some toe hang on a blade putter. Um, so they kind of played with the bumpers and how far that like intersection juts into the back cavity. And they added some weight and the heel and the toe just to kind of mess with that toe swing to get exactly what he wanted. Um, and you definitely could check out this putter. It's in the Golf to BRX forums. Greg got some in-hand photos of it. So it's a custom swag golf handsome one. Yep. Basically is the putter head model, although it is a custom job. Um, then he's got his top secret shaft i did ask what shaft it is they won't tell me <laughs> obviously because right now it's just labeled mick hardy don't touch in a box in the swag headquarters which is smart like obviously he spent years trying to track it down so you want to make sure they're safe and that no one's gonna take up the whole supply but i wonder what it is like what do you yeah. what do you think it is I know that's what I was trying to think because I'm like I don't remember I mean all, all the shafts that were kind of like fancy or whatever were like like UST had the frequency filtered which was like half graphite and it was graphite in the handle and then steel in the tip um, it was all steel yeah and all steel I mean I know like some rare stuff but I never touched it was like I mean Nippon made a bunch like a like a series of a couple different shafts. Um, you know, and stuff like that. But man, I can't think of anything that was crazy. Still, the only thing I can think of that I remember back in the day, everybody kind of went, it was a little earlier than 14 though, was when the, a lot of the long putters and the uh, belly putters and stuff like that were starting to get big. There was somebody made one called a broomstick and it was like a little bigger, a little thicker, a little stiffer version of like mm-hmm. a long putter shaft. And a lot of guys would swap those out to get, because the head weights were so heavy, they would put in this stiffer like broomstick because it was nicknamed and I think it was like a true temper shaft. Um, but I don't remember anything being crazy stiff metal around that time. Um, Someone listening to this will know. Because oh, yeah. they'll have gotten a custom Bettinardi around 2010 to 2015 and be like, yep, I know exactly what shaft it is. And if you do, 
hit us up in the DMs. <laughs> Let and, us know. And the thing is, I don't want to like snitch on them, but I am very curious what the shaft is now, and it kind of makes me want to test it. And the other thing too is like if it was like a Bentonardi proto, like I mean Bentonardi didn't make the shaft, so I mean the shaft had to come from True Temper right, it's just a or KBS yeah. or FST yeah. or whoever. Like it, it, you know, there's mm-hmm. only the handful of of you know makers of shafts, so it has to be one of them. But yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what that is. Because yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little stumped right now. But I was really not into putter shafts back then, other than I think I did have a UST frequency filtered. Um, but I didn't have anything that exotic. I was too busy trying to save up pennies to get cool driver shafts. So, <laughs> Yeah, back in 2012, like, I definitely was in the camp of who cares about what putter shaft is yeah. in my putter. No. Like, how could that possibly matter? But I know yeah. a lot more now. And yeah. it is true. I've talked to many people now. I mean, we just talked about on the show after, uh, where was it, Congaree, when I talked to Tom Kim. Yeah, he was talking about the putter shaft as well. A lot of these guys, you know, find better performance from a different shaft. I'm not saying any one particular shaft is better, but they're different. They're oh. different enough where people can tell, and it matters. So, anyway, yeah, I do want to say that's this. enough so, about Nick Hardy's swag putter. Well, I, I want to say this about the oh, putter. Go ahead. So go ahead. it does. Yeah, you're, you're right. Handsome one is kind of their Newport, and then they make a handsome two, which is kind of Newport two. And it's interesting like, mm-hmm. that he likes a little more squared off shape because the, the handsome one typically is a little more rounded. And the one big difference that you can kind of see right away, and there's probably maybe other differences, the bumper shape is just a little bit different from the handsome one to this. Where you get out to the yeah, toe and the heel. Yeah, they were playing with the bumpers for sure. Yeah, when you get out to the toe and the heel, uh, especially right at the edges of the toe and the heel, the bumpers are kind of round down. They kinda, they're kind of they kind of arced, and these like stay flat. Like they're kind of flat there, and I don't know if maybe it's to add a little head weight, if it's for a visual thing, whatever. But uh, I think that... it's definitely visual, and that was something yeah. that they considered because it was like, um, he was like, you know how the 009 bumpers, like on a Scotty Cameron, the 009s, like they dive down super quick. Yeah. He likes it the more squared off because you know that's what he was used to. I think the Bettinardi prototype from back then was more yeah. that way. Yeah, but I mean, overall, just a really good putter. I mean, great, great looking putter. Looks like it's raw. Uh, steel maybe has like a really light, uh, like light gray kind of sli- slightly patinaed finish, but over excuse me overall solid looking putter man. P- pretty deep mill on the face too. Um, I wouldn't say crazy deep, but but pretty heavy deep milling and for a swag putter pretty simple. A lot of swag stuff typically has a lot of milling, a lot of cool graphics and things like mm-hmm. that. This is pretty much swag in the back cavity. Their little skull with sunglasses on the the heel of the front yeah. and that's it like, there's nothing else and then he's got the orange iomic grip yeah um, yeah. Nate also said he keeps a box you know right next to that other box of just the grips because I guess he's been playing that grip since he went to the uh, University of Illinois yep. so that? orange is obviously one of their colorways and he's had that orange iomic um, I do have the information about what so it's a rainbow PVD hmm. but it's been torched and bead blasted and oil quenched to kind of dull it down yeah because he didn't really want the super rainbow look he just wanted it more like flat and dull and it's made of 303 stainless so i do have that information nice that's pretty cool yeah because the gaps there for you the rainbow part you don't really see but like you said if they kind of bead blasted it and all that like torched it like it'd probably take a little bit of that color uh, away but it's it's a good looking putter man i mean i would i would roll a few with that uh that bad boy Okay, so we had another iron switch. 
Um, unfortunately, I guess I didn't do my job very well, but I didn't talk to Matt Kuchar personally. Oh, yeah. But he did throw in some new 221 CD Bridgestone irons in kind of that same blackish colorway he had before. I'm going to be honest. I know very little about the 221 CDs. Um, I think they started getting released out in Japan based on just some brief research I did like in the golf WRX forums, but are they even available in America? Like, do you know what's going on with these irons? And I don't know why he switched, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to uh, do my job better and talk to someone <laughs> at Bridgestone. I'm not just going to call Kucher on the phone one, because I don't have his number. And two, uh-huh. if I did, he probably would not answer. No, you never know. I mean, he, he could, he could be, uh, <laughs> you know, down to, to chat a little bit, but, um, no, I'm kind of with you on this one. I was, uh, I didn't realize that these weren't like prototype because I, I'm the same way. Bridgestone just does not do a whole lot in America in terms of golf clubs. I mean, they do a lot of golf balls, um, but in terms of golf clubs, they just really don't do a whole lot in the United States. So I, I don't really keep up on what they're, you know, club wise. So um, I saw them there, and I just thought they were a brand new, maybe soon to come out type model. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of with you. Uh, the one thing that's interesting, they do have kind of the, I remember, I can't, I'm trying, I think it was the 301 DC or something like that. It was like a three series that was the dual cavity. And these mm-hmm. have, again, a little bit of a dual cavity. So when you look at them online, they look like just kind of a CB. And then if you look down onto the, the fat section of the muscle, there's two holes kind of drilled in uh, where they kind of manipulate the weight and pull some of that weight out. Um Good looking irons, but yeah, I I don't know much about them either because Bridgestone just doesn't sell clubs in the U.S. anymore. Really, I was half expecting them to be like two twenty one dot mk with the way the, <laughs> the irons are going out on yeah. door, like completely custom Matt Kuchar Bridgestone irons. <laughs> um, they probably are somewhat like prototypes in some way, like different than what was going on in Japan or what's coming out to retail. Um, but you never know. Yeah, I'll have to talk to him myself at some point. And I mean, I did a quick like, kind of just like threw it a Google search real quick as we were kind of chatting because, like, like I said, I, I yeah. don't know much about him. Thank you. Let's get some real information. Here. Well, no, but like every single set that you see here are chrome. Like the black ones, looks like they did specially for Matt, which isn't shocking. I mean, all Would the irons he's played before, um, you know, what was he playing J fifteens uh, before this? They were done in yeah. like a dark finish. Um, so he's partial to that. Uh, but it looks like if you were to jump on like eBay or like Tour Spec Golf is a big Japanese uh, club mm-hmm. or a site that sells a lot of Japanese clubs. Everything's chrome. Like they don't doesn't look like they make a black one right now for retail. Um, so it looks like Kuchers are a little bit of tour issue in that sense, which you can't buy a black set at the moment. It doesn't look like maybe you can in, in Japan, but yeah, I don't see them. Uh, you know, anywhere for sale that you can get them right now. Okay. Um, Kevin Kisner is likely switching into Wilson Irons this week. And what other topics do you want to get to? (laughs) You can just breeze right past that one. Um, No, but seriously, like out on tour, I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to snitch, but the, the overall vibe was this was the last day of school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of travel for these guys, the equipment trucks aren't going to be out pretty much at any tour event until the American express in January, because all you have coming up is the hero, the QBE and the father son and the equipment trucks don't go there. 
So it was definitely like last day of school esque. Um, a little more checked out, probably. <laughs> like just the guys like fitting clubs and, you know, uh, slinging putters on the putting green and the shaft guys, like just in, just kind of in general. And it was really cold. So <laughs> that always adds to, you know, what am I doing out here right now type, type vibe when you're already feeling that way. Um, not that I was, I was still chasing content. Of course. Job. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. But there were, um, some new equipment drops just like in the retail world. I think LAB has a new link one putter. Is that like officially out or did they um, just launch it? So it's kind of like a soft launch. Um, it's basically, uh, an interesting design. They're taking a, I'll call it more of a Newport two style head shape. And they're kind of adjusting where the hosel, the hosel actually comes in not quite centered. Uh, it comes in kind of close to center on the back of the head. So it looks almost like they, they cut off the, the hosel. Like a back strike? Uh, a little bit. So they, it looks almost like they took a Newport oh. 2, cut off the hosel, and then welded it onto the back of the cavity. It's not welded. I mean, this is all professionally done. Uh, but it looks like that design, and then it keeps the, the toe up you know, when you're, when you're holding it. Uh, but they're only doing okay. 500, they're only doing 500 putters, uh, out of the game. 500. Are they really expensive? Um, I want to say it just a limited drop and then there's going to be more coming. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a limited drop now. And then the, the full retail models go on sale next year. So they're doing kind of like gotcha. a, I think they're all one of 500. I think they're all numbered, uh, one of 500. Mm-hmm. And I want to say they are not cheap. I want to say they're like 600 bucks or something like that. I don't, know that for sure uh, but i know they are not like super cheap but yeah they're doing 500 now uh they'll sell them all and then next year uh early 2023 you'll actually be able to go custom buy you know custom order one get fit for one they'll be available no not really sure what the uh uh the pricing is at the moment uh in terms of retail we'll probably get that a little later uh when they hit the market but uh yeah the link one is the new uh kind of name of it so what Definitely. do you think about it? I mean, you're kind of a, a lab putter guy. You you like the Mez one. What do you yeah. think about this one? Does I it mean, intrigue you? You're not. I'll, you're more of a mallet guy, but yeah. I mean, it, well, the, the funny thing is, is before other than the lab, I've been pretty much using a blade putter. I've been using a Bettinardi BB8 wide. Uh, pretty much, I used the 2020. Oh, yeah. I used the 2021 model last year. I used the 2022 this year. Um, I don't. know. This one to me, I, if you gave me the option, I like the look of the Mez better actually. Um, and and it's partly just because it looks like a center shafted putter, uh, it looks like a center shafted blade. Yeah, and it's just, not quite my look. I'm not a huge yeah. center shaft guy. Like, no offense to people who do like it, but yeah, not and my that's vibe. just that's just not my thing either. So when I look at it, um, the the Mez one suits my eye better. I, I think it frames the ball a little better to me. Um, but this one here, there's a lot of people who play a blade who don't want to look at a mallet. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it definitely kind of gives those players, uh, an option that they didn't have before. Um, but it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's got like, you know, little kind of got a couple screws on the toe on the top. I mean, it's got a real, uh, lab look to it, a bunch of screws on the bottom. I mean, they're typical, uh, their look, but it should be, uh, should be pretty cool putter. Um, yeah, I'm looking at just... it right now from a dress. Uh, we have a story it's on golfwrx.com. Yep. Um, just the, the link one kind of all the product information. And I'm just looking at one of the photos from a dress. It kind of has almost a Seymour. Yeah. Look little, to me. Yeah. I can see what you're the, going with that. The shaft right in the center. And it does kind of look like that. 
hosel is floating like it looks a little bit different than the center shaft so it's a little offset from center definitely yep. a different look um it's like i would have to really pick it up and putt with it in person to be able to tell but yeah i mean i would say i mostly lean towards something more towards the heel in terms of where the hosel is going but i'm sure like scientifically um it works and does what they does what they want it to in terms of it being like torque free and the fact they're getting more like simplified into a blade shape um i think is good for them you know it helps them reach a different market and guys that otherwise wouldn't give the technology a chance they might give it a try with this i don't know what uh kind of tour action is going to go on with this i have not seen them out yet on tour that doesn't mean they're not there i personally just haven't seen them yet yeah um obviously the mez one gets some action yeah um the other thing that's kind of interesting about this one too is like with all a lot of the the mez putters and a lot of and the even the directed force one before like it had a lot like the shaft came in with its own forward press so your hands yeah, were the, kind of pushed forward. With the pressy grip, too. Exactly. So they had a special grip built for that, so it would kind of play a little bit more normal. Um, this one actually just uses like a – it looks like it uses just like a standard pistol-style grip. So if you're somebody who, again, one of the drawbacks was I don't want to use the press grip. I want to use whatever grip you prefer. This looks like you're going to be able to kind of put on whatever grip you like mm-hmm. to putt with and, you know, and use this putter. So, again, between the blade look – being able to use your own own grip, a lot of people who probably maybe said, you know what, I don't really want to try it. Maybe now this opens a few more doors uh, uh, because it you know offers some traditional stuff. Yeah, and I think that's what it's about for them, just as a company in general. So support what they're doing, and then uh, Miura yep. dropped some five hundred two irons. Do you have some information for the people on that? Because I'm uh, not. <laughs> I don't uh, <laughs> I don't have anything like special on them. Uh, it, so the 501, I remember I hit the 501 right when it came out. It was a really good blade. Uh, I mean, as you'd expect, super soft feel. Um, and it actually had, gave you, I don't want to say it gave you a, a ton of forgiveness, but it, it lets you get away with a couple sh- couple shots that, that I didn't think it would. Um, I actually okay. hit it, I think it was back in like 2016, 17, when I got fit for my... Strixons at the time, uh, I was at Club Champion. They like just got the heads in, so we were hitting them, uh, or they let me hit them. Even though I, you know, it was no reason for me to hit them in terms of the fitting side. Yeah, they shouldn't um, let you uh, hit them. That's no. irresponsible fitting. Very. Otherwise, very. they do a great job over there. But yeah, other, other than just letting, a, letting a guy like me just you know beat a bunch yeah. of clubs. Um, yeah, yeah. But a little revised cavity, so it looks like they're kind of pushing the way the the flow of, of the cavity is because it's kind of a different muscle. It's not like a traditional just you know line yeah. in the middle of the club. Uh, it almost looks like they're kind of pushing some of that weight out towards the toe a little bit, and I'm assuming they're probably trying to just enhance that CG location to make it either dead center or wherever they need to make it. Um, and, I mean, I know sometimes with blades, since there's so little mass to move around, Sometimes people say the sweet spot's a little more in the heel than actually dead center. And again, with that kind of that flow of uh, the the muscle in the back, I can see where maybe they're trying to push that more towards the center or a little more for out mm-hmm. towards the toe. So um, I, I'm going to go with not a total revision or you know just a slight revision. They're not trying to you know revolutionize uh, this iron because it was so good. Uh, I like the look a lot. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what people uh, think of them when they give them their hands. But I have uh, unfortunately not seen them or touched them. Um, 
but I'd like to give him a, a, a shot. I was uh, pretty impressed with the 501, so I would uh, like to try the 502s and see how they feel. And there's the official Nudson Club Junkie review. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. You know. Talk about a club I haven't hit. Okay. So, honestly, that's all I have from Sea Island. Um, the next time I will be out on tour, I am going to the Bahamas. We're going to oh. do some tiger chasing. Um, definitely try to get what's in the bag, see if we could talk to him about any changes he's possibly making. Um, I'm not expecting that he'll have changed much or he has a new driver <laughs> it's one yeah. or the other we're just, we're just going to go out there and and see what happens um i'm actually doing a solo mission i don't believe greg will be joining me unfortunately um i don't think he likes tropical beautiful islands you know? <laughs> i don't think that's his that's his thing so i'll handle the bahamas thank you greg hey i'm um, uh, i'm jealous i can't wait to see uh to see you nice and tan when we uh record after <laughs> yeah. that one um I don't think he'll have new draw. I mean, I don't know when TaylorMade's plans are, and to be 100% honest, I have not. I know there's some other people in media who have hinted that they've seen whatever TaylorMade's doing, and I'll be 100% honest mm-hmm. with you, I have not seen, I haven't seen a thing. Um, and I'm not even lying just to lie and say, like, oh, I don't know anything. Like, I literally Are you saying that you usually lie on this podcast? I have been known to lie once or twice uh, about wow. knowing something. Uh, you just I lost all your trust. Yeah. And I, mine. I know absolutely zero on this driver. Um but I don't think he'll play a hill having the Bahamas. Last year he switched to the Stealth and the PNC. I think if there is a new driver or whatever it's going to be called, um, I think we see it maybe at the PNC would be my guess. The father-son. That's when he switched to Stealth. I just don't know if Taylor is going to have it. Bless you. I just Thank don't uh, I don't know if Taylor is going to have it out ready for those guys in the Bahamas. I just don't know if that, that'll, that, that might just be too early. I think the driver's ready. Oh, yeah, I don't and... And I think Tiger's going to have it in play. Let's be optimistic. There we go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm going all the way out to the Bahamas just to get the answer to that question. I love Um, it. Obviously, next week, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So my pitch would be, since I'm not going to be out on tour, maybe we do a question and answer episode, do like some Instagram questions or something from the forums. I know me and you always have fun doing that, and people like yeah. asking those questions. So um, I think that's a good time to do a holiday episode with a Q&A next week. And then the week after, hopefully I'll have some awesome updates from the Bahamas and Tiger makes a big equipment switch. That's what we're hoping for. Yep. I'm, I'm um, hoping to see something new in his bag. It's always exciting when he's got something. I know. You know. I get jacked up when Tiger switches anything. It's yep. like, what did he do? Why? What is oh. it? Like, yeah. is it custom? Can I buy it? <laughs> can I I'll, test it? I'll take two right now. So, yeah. yeah no, I, so I think we can do that. I am go. going to uh, get some rest after a weird travel week to Sea Island. So I could use the week off next week and do some question and answers. So that's what we'll <laughs> do for Two Guys Talking Golf next week. That was Two Guys Talking Golf this week. Nutson, if you have any closing thoughts, please. Uh, I'm good, man. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll set up some. Uh, I think maybe we'll do in the forum. That it might be easier to do in the forum. Maybe we'll do both. Who knows? Well, maybe we'll do both. So hey, if you're not following us, both. if you're not following us on 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 Instagram, please do at tg2wrx. And uh, if you do hang out in the Golf the Bricks forums, maybe look for a post uh, that we put up there asking for your questions. So do that. What was that Instagram page? I didn't uh, get that. At tg2wrx. Tg2wrx. You said. Yep. 
So go ahead and uh, okay. give us a follow, and uh, we'll uh, post something there asking for uh, asking for a few questions. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast channel, give us a five star review, or you don't have to. You give us three stars and be like, "Tursky, stop interrupting Nudson or whatever." <laughs> or start <laughs> or this audio sucks. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I know the audio is bad. Um, that's like a handout. That's my fault. Um, <laughs> I haven't had the time to go to. I really have had the time. I just haven't done it. So I had to go to Best Buy and get a mic set up. Right. I'm also working on like changing up the background, making it look a little bit more professional, get the lighting situation, audio. <laughs> um, so we're going to crank it up as we go into 2023. But next week's more of a relaxed episode. And with that, I'll stop talking. This was Two Guys Talking Golf. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.